0: Hey guys and welcome to another episode of my podcast, A Dose of Danny. Today's episode is all about growing up Asian in Australia. One of my best friends and I decided it would be really interesting to record and talk about an episode just about our experiences growing up in Australia but having an Asian background. So we talk about everything from our parents' and family's immigration stories, language, self-perception, you know, career expectations, parental expectations and much much more. So it's a long episode, it's about over an hour actually but we hope that you find it interesting and you personally resonate and relate to it if you also are in that boat or if you're not that you find and learn something new we recorded inside a library room at SLQ so it's a little bit echoey and the audio is a little bit different to uh, the previous episodes that I have done but I hope you don't mind too much so let's jump right on in friends today we are recording in a very uh
1: nostalgic nostalgic location location.
0: uh and i have none other than my best friend (laughs) miss charlene yang hello everyone this is an interesting experience first podcast ever definitely um but slq would not be slq if we didn't have Charlene and Danny
1: together, don't you reckon? I think so. Dynamic yeah. duo. This Definitely. Is where we spent a lot of our afternoons. For oh, five years. Many afternoons. Um, it is actually
0: quite a beautiful day in Brisbane today. We are overlooking, uh, like a really nice view of the city. Uh, got two city cats passing by. Uh, if you don't know what they are, they are fairies. They're fairies. Fairies. Yeah, I'd um, say they're both. Yeah. yeah. Uh along the absolutely disgusting <laughs> Yeah, the river <laughs> <that> swelling at <laughs> the all. The brown river. Um and you have we have a lot
1: of passing traffic. Um and
0: see the that's the Victoria Bridge
1: right yeah that's the Victoria Bridge and the sky's kind of clearing up we've had a lot of bushfires recently that really created a lot of smog smog and
0: smoke and I really smelt it on what day was that Tuesday morning
1: yeah it was really bad it was yeah there were um, like over 80 fires in Queensland that day oh my god yeah like really big ones in Sunshine Coast and Gold Coast and and stuff like that yeah it's pretty nasty
0: but uh, today, uh, the topic that we're going to be talking about is Australian-born Asians because we are uh, exactly that, um, especially with the kind of explosion of uh, like Asian representation in the media, American Asians, Australian Asians. Yeah. Have you
1: seen all those movies that are yeah. Out lately? Yeah, so, it's crazy. British
0: Asians. I recently watched The Farewell. Farewell. Yep. Um, all those movies and. Obviously, South Asian traits. On the <laughs> um, it's been super exciting and an interesting time to be, I guess, an Asian, an Asian in <laughs> an a Western country. in a Western yeah. country. Um, so that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Kind of uh, delving into our identity portfolios. That's the kind of the term that I really wanted to, I don't know, bring forth. Um, so to begin. I'll just introduce, like, our kind of background. So, I'm Mm. an ABK, (laughs) an Australian-born Korean, and...
1: What are you? Oh, I'm an ABC, Mm. pretty typical. So, Australian-born Chinese. Yeah. So, my mum's side is pretty much all from mainland China, and I think... I'm not really sure about my dad, but I think we have relatives in Hong Kong, so it's a bit blurry Mm. there. Yeah, but I identify as Chinese. Yeah. So...
0: The first kind of thing I wanted to ask, Charlene, is like your immigration story. So like why or when did your parents or if it's grandparents, um, decide to come to Australia? Like um, that kind of story. Because I realize everyone has a very different reason for immigrating to a different country. Um, and just amongst like my friends, it
1: differs. There's similarities definitely, but um, yeah, would love to hear Yeah, that very about. interesting. Um, so my dad came to Australia first, so I think he actually studied a bit here in 1990. So that was quite a while ago, and then my mom didn't come to Australia till 1999. so ah. was actually a really big gap there. So she pretty much had you. Right after she yeah, came. Yeah, right after she came. So um, I'm born in Australia, so I'm a first-generation immigrant yeah. child. Yeah. Um, my dad, I think he left China to just seek a better life because he's quite ambitious. So mm. coming to Australia, there was a lot to, lot to grow with. and Different opportunities. New bi- yeah, different opportunities, and I just think he didn't want to settle.
0: Did he come to Brisbane?
1: Yeah, he came to Brisbane, and... So, from what I've heard, he actually had quite a tough time. Mm -hmm. He was all by himself, working long hours, and I think he managed to save a lot after a few years to actually buy a piece of land. Mm -hmm. So, that's the house that we live on now. So, he built the house after he bought the land. Right. Yeah. That's really, really... Yeah. And, like, so my mum didn't come down till after, like, I guess he had established sort of... So, they were already, like, married? Yeah, you? they had my sister in nineteen ninety. That's right. Yeah, cool. so, my sister and I are 10 years apart, which is quite unique, I guess, because we weren't really, like, living together until, mm-hmm. like, yeah, so I think we, I don't know, we have a really good relationship now, but younger, it was really mm-hmm. <laughs> not good. Yeah, and it, it's also, like, a very different start to your, like, upbringing, like, yeah, no, I exactly. think it would have been yeah. really hard on her because. Yeah, Justin. She's, yeah. yeah, so she actually she came to Australia when she was in grade three. Mm-hmm. So she didn't know any English. Same mm-hmm. with my mum and dad. They had yeah. to learn from all coming here. Yeah. And so yeah. I think for my sister, it must have been really tough to move to a different country Definitely. and actually learn from like knowing one language and then completely it, being thrown into a new yeah. language. But I guess it's. You know, not to say that your
0: family's experience was easy, but it's just so common, you know. Yeah, it is. So common, many people
1: yeah. Feel, yeah. But it incomplete. Cool. completely so I think I actually mm. got it easier because I grew up
0: yeah. learning
1: with it instead yeah. of being thrown halfway through my childhood into yeah. the new environment. But it's also very common for like
0: asians to like asian families to come with their kids when their kids are in early primary yeah. school because it's like i feel like it's a crucial time because like your sister has a very like aussie accent <laughs> um yeah uh, like i think if you come in high school yeah, it's a quite hard. linguistic kind of nature is already quite developed so i have noticed a lot of like koreans that maybe come in high school they still have a like slightly american english accent
1: yeah i see what you mean um i don't really know anyone who came like later later Mm -hmm. i just know people who came in quite early like really young like two or three yeah so that you don't even realize that they were born Born in another country country, Yeah. yeah fair enough um
0: so my family is quite different Um, because my mum and uncle, um, so my mum's brother, both did high school in Australia. So, whilst I'm the first generation to be, like, born in Australia, um, a lot of my upbringing has actually, I don't know, reflected a lot of my mum's upbringing as well, if that makes sense. So, I've had, like, a very balanced, uh, upbringing my, like, upbringing in terms of different cultures and mm-hmm. linguistic aspects as well. Yeah, because your mum speaks pretty good yeah, English, yeah. so you guys speak a bit of... Predominantly, well. actually. Let's, um, 60-40.
1: I reckon 60% English. English, 40% Korean. Yeah, that's a very different dynamic to exactly. my family. Exactly, extremely. Like, growing up, didn't speak any English till I actually got into primary school yeah. at home. Yeah. Well, actually, I didn't know any English until I got primary, like got into primary school, yeah, being exposed to so other kids. So my mum and dad purely spoke Cantonese to me at wow, home. Yep. that's really interesting. Yeah, so my uh,
0: grandparents on my mum's side came to Australia around the 80s. So my mum was 14, 15 when she left Korea, so she wow. did up to, I believe... Uh, middle school, third year middle school, so our equivalent of year nine. So she did 10, 11, 12. So, yeah, my,
1: so similar to my sister, yeah, basically. yeah, my, Just a few generations back. Yeah.
0: My grandparents um, were like my grandpa specifically was studying to become like a minister, and he had done like his undergraduate studies. Years in advance in like philosophy and things like that in Korea. Interesting. And then uh, he decided, or he had like some sort of offer, and he came to Australia to further his studies and become a minister under the uniting the the United. Oh my god. The uniting church. Oh my god. I like blanked for a second. The United. You're gonna say United Nations for a second. No, not United Nations. (laughs) Uniting church. They. Originally came to Western Australia, so
1: oh, that's why your family has a yeah. lot of people bit Perth. Yeah,
0: so my mum and uncle studied at um, Presbyterian Ladies' College and Wesley College, which are uh, like United Church private schools that you also see in New South Wales and Victoria, from what I understand. Um, so, and that was like their education was partially funded by like, are funded because my grandpa was studying under the United Church, yeah. which is, like, the biggest kind of uh, religious, in terms of Christianity, branch. Um, and there's a deep, deep history to that um, that dates back to, like, you know, a, lot, a long so time So you guys ago. were really
1: fortunate to get that kind of help. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Um, you know, it, it was very, like, funded by those organisations, which my grandpa studied under, Um, And so both my mum and uncle studied at the University of Western Australia, UWA. So my cousin's family is actually still in Perth and both of my cousins now, um, under my uncle, are studying at UWA as well. Uh, The reason why my family ended up in Brisbane, actually the story, my story is so long, actually my family's story. (laughs) We you get through a lot
1: of families too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So essentially my mum and dad knew each other from Korea when they were younger. They had like a very long, drawn out, long distance relationship for many, many years. Um, after they got married in Korea around 1996, they went to the Philippines and lived there for four years. And then they decided to come back to Australia. Um, because my we essentially followed where my grandparents were so grandpa had a long like career in ministry in Perth and then he moved to Melbourne that's why actually I was born in Melbourne because my grandparents were in Melbourne setting up a church there at that time right so and your then, mum moved with yeah so my mum had me it's in very Melbourne.
1: long complicated it stories. is yeah. it is
0: um and then uh we went back to Korea for a bit and then my brother was born in Melbourne and then around about that oh, time. Was your brother
1: also born in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Interesting.
0: Um it was just the timing, but um I overheard my brother asking Mum, like, Oh, did you want to have us in Australia? And she said yeah specifically. Um so uh had Jason in Melbourne as well and then we went to Sydney because my grandparents were now based in Sydney. Mm-hmm. I had a very long uh, career there up until two thousand and seven, right before my dad passed away. So, like once again, our family. Oh wait, but at that point we were in Brisbane. (laughs) So, so confusing. confusing. I'm sorry. Uh, But it's really important to flesh out like why I was born in Melbourne and why I we're in Brisbane now, and like why I haven't seen. Like it's it's all kind of interlinked. Anyway, and so my dad essentially. We were living in Sydney, um, and then my dad, uh, got like a business offer to open a branch of a specific company, a music company, and we set up that branch in Brisbane, um, in 2003, 2004. That's why my family's ended up in Brisbane, um, and then we only had the business for about five years before he passed away, and then we had to sell the business, but, at this point, my grandparents had retired in Sydney and was living in Brisbane with us now um, to look after us because mm-hmm. my dad yeah. wasn't around. So that's why we've ended yeah. So up your
1: grandparents are very involved in all Oh, hugely
0: life too. because they've been in Australia. Yeah. they have Australian citizenship. Interestingly, my mom's still not. Really? She's a, yeah, she's a permanent resident. My mom is just lazy. Hasn't gotten her Australian citizenship, but it's we interesting.
1: Like impacts her for her
0: job, though. Not really. I Not don't really think. Which is super interesting. She's just honestly a bit lazy. So, <laughs> mom, if you ever listen to this episode, get your citizenship because <laughs> you really should. Yeah. But yeah, that's that. So a
1: very long and complicated story. Yeah, it's definitely. It's got a bit of history to it. Oh,
0: yeah. definitely, and it like directly has impacted. Um, kind of the way that i moved down to sydney because my grandparents happened to be down in sydney yes. uh for the first 10 months of me being down there mm-hmm. because uh they got asked to come back to the job that they retired from in 2007 when they mm-hmm. left sydney um so anyway that's complicated that's but, another story. but it's another also kind of it also uh kind of complements the fact that i have a lot of people i know in sydney in terms of like um my grandparents friends yeah you have a support network yeah i also have some second cousins that live in sydney because uh one of my mom's cousins came to sydney to study english whilst my grandparents were in sydney yeah so it all kind of
1: yeah pretty spread across australia yeah so you actually have a lot of family here. So which is quite different to like, I guess, mine's like the typical immigrant story where I don't have any family here. Yeah. So all my family's back in China and we don't have that kind of like, um, I guess, support network unless you go back to China. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: which is interesting. What you were saying before about like, you know, how you didn't speak English until you were in primary school. That's the kind of next topic I wanted to bring up. It's all about language. Um, both of us are actually quite fortunate to be able to speak quite well in our, uh, I guess, mother tongue. <laughs> uh, like uh, our cultural. I would, <laughs> I would might
1: add that I am kind of like <laughs> getting worse oh, well, as the really? day comes on. I think so, I feel it. I can feel it because it's more like now it's shifted to speaking like. And I'm also not as, at home as much, so True. I don't speak as much Cantonese as I used to. Yeah, and, and yeah, just to
0: add, Charlene is one of those cases that speak Mando and Canto, yes. which is really, really, really cool. So yeah, why did that come to be? How do you know how to speak Mando and
1: Canto? Oh, my mum. So my family speaks all Cantonese, mm-hmm. and my mum sent me to Chinese school when I was like, uh, six or six or seven mm-hmm. to go and learn mandarin because it's the national language yeah. and, and it's more commonly spoken and so she thought that it would be beneficial for me yeah which is excellent. which i think is amazing thanks mom i hated it when it was <laughs> happy
0: but i'm very thankful now <laughs> but uh which do you speak more which are you more comfortable with uh definitely different? cantonese yeah like
1: i can speak mandarin if I'm put into the situation but I don't really use it that much so yeah I don't really really, speak it with yeah Yeah. so I definitely speak Cantonese more I watch Cantonese dramas like yeah I watch a lot of Hong Kong dramas why do I not know this oh because it's it's a secret obsession well (laughs) well, I guess your Netflix like obsession no but there isn't <laughs> any Cantonese like Hong Kong dramas on Netflix so no no no. that's like, not what I,
0: I was rather saying like you're so obsessed with Netflix as right. it is you watch so much TV I know it's, like it's a bit TV of a shows of, I already like I only think about you and Netflix yeah <laughs> but, but yeah. no I do
1: um speak Cantonese a lot more often and I'm more mm. comfortable in that and just I feel like I have more friends who speak Cantonese as well like Shannon, Shannon. Yeah, yeah Shannon's we have a bit of a giggle. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. I know. It's like on Subtle Asian Trades, Anything remotely Cantonese pops up. Yeah. <laughs> <it's> like, yeah, <laughs> it's literally. Um, and yeah, and yeah. I speak Cantonese, like to my sister sometimes, mm, but not very mm, yeah. often. Right. But Interesting. Yeah, I would say that. I would say that, though. I am more competent in Cantonese than some people I know mm. who speak Cantonese. Mm. So I. Well, I think it was because. I watched a lot of TV shows growing up too that were also in Cantonese yeah. that actually gave me that vocabulary. And did you have like uh,
0: good relationships with perhaps your grandparents when you went back? Yes, yeah, so friends? I think
1: to speak Cantonese because I know that. I only speak Cantonese to my grandparents. Exactly, and stuff yeah. too, yeah. Mm. So when I go over, we purely speak in Cantonese. I don't know any English. So yeah, if um, I did not speak Cantonese, I would not be no, able to communicate with them.
0: Yeah. But you know, it's such a common thing for like you know, Australian or American or other Western cultures, like if you're born in a Western country and you have like Asian blood in you or a, a family of yeah. Asian background, it's very common for people it not know is... how to speak their like I know, language actually English and not be able
1: to communicate with their grandparents. I right? know, I found that really surprising because I have a lot of friends who are asian and they don't actually speak like for example like mandarin very well (laughs) they actually don't speak mandarin very well to the level where it's like um it's very difficult to hold up a conversation yeah like it's more like you can say short commands like in a household like food <laughs> yeah. or, like, or understand but speak, not be able it, to speak speak yeah. in english yeah. which i find quite interesting because i think that's like how they were brought up because their parents obviously knew english to an extent where they were able to actually speak english to their mm. kids mm. and like actually cultivate that environment to allow their kids to speak english yeah, I would not be able to speak English to my mom at all. Like okay. I still can't speak English to my mom for her to understand like properly. Like yeah. it's just easier for me to speak Cantonese. Yeah, yeah.
0: super super different to like my relationship. Yeah, like, like with your mom, like
1: I can hold a conversation yeah. with your mom and she's fine. Yeah. Um. Do you feel as though you being able to maintain
0: that language uh, has been able to? Help you maintain like your cultural awareness yeah. in terms of like because communicating with grandparents and parents specifically um, allows you, I guess, to hear like their end. thoughts yeah. and I don't know, observe the way they speak about certain things, concepts, food, culture like everything. Yeah, I think um, it is quite
1: yeah. important. So I feel like if I actually had this crisis a few weeks ago where I thought my Cantonese wasn't like. <laughs> as good as it was and i was like oh my god i'm gonna be illiterate soon <laughs> so i was just like um, i was like mom you just need to like talk to me more <laughs> <Continue>. S- <laughs> S- to me. S- yeah <laughs> literally so i was like having actually an identity crisis so i was like i feel like if i lose the language then it kind of loses my connection to being, being chinese yeah, yeah yeah definitely i think
0: language is you know we take for granted being bilingual trilingual etc like it's such an important connection to different types of people, even within your own family, because yeah. the whole like immigrant experience has a lot of different aspects to it. And one of it is actually losing touch of our you know cultural identity, that identity portfolio that yeah. I was talking about, the different factors that make up. Who we ultimately are um, For me as well I'm extremely lucky because. Yeah, your Korean's
1: quite good for someone who's yeah, like third generation Yeah, as know? like an
0: Australian born Korean With like your mum also being his, Yeah, yeah. mum, you know, went to school here um, It's quite rare amongst my fellow ABKs as I well I think, but you
1: also are a language person Definitely, that's Europe. what I was going to say Like
0: yeah. uh, I've always been a talker I've always, you know, talked a lot and also talked early. Yeah.
1: Would you say that Jason's Korean is definitely not as yeah, good as not <laughs>
0: Like, it's a different standard, definitely. <laughs> um,
1: but it's not to
0: say. His Korean is actually pretty good, too. Um okay. Considering his, his relationship with, like, my grandparents is quite different, you know. I, does he speak
1: korean to your grandparents yes yeah, yeah. so
0: your grandparents don't only not Korean speak korean to pretty yours? much but okay. they are different like they have been in australia for you know about nearly 40 years wow yeah so wow. they yeah it is they came here in the 80s like around the 80s you know it's 2020 and it's yeah. around about then uh give or take but they are quite good with english themselves mm-hmm. they can communicate with uh english friends um australian friends rather um <laughs> go to the doctors on their own if they have specialist appointments like my mom my mom my grandma goes to pa hospital princess alexandra hospital quite frequently for specialist so she's quite yep. competent competent yeah. she can do things but i guess if they choose to they won't use it but if we But speak, that's just because they're yeah, in habit yeah If we speak to... If Jason and I speak to them in English, they understand perfectly, Mm -hmm. which is really...
1: But do they reply in English or do they reply in Korean?
0: We'll reply in Korean, but sometimes if they want to make a point, they will say (laughs) it in English, which is pretty funny and pretty cute. Um, Okay. see, see. Yeah, I also went to Korean school for, you know, four years. I'm not actually sure if that's correct, but let's say four years. (laughs) Um, So that, I think, helped me maintain my ability to read and write to some extent oh my
1: reading and writing is horrible (laughs) like but to (laughs) be fair it's a lot more i feel like it's so much more difficult it is a lot more difficult than chinese it's not to say koreans easy easy either it's yeah but you guys have an alphabet to grasp you guys just have lots of yeah so (laughs) yeah literally if you don't know it you don't know it you can't guess from adding things together because each like mm. it's a different combination it's like having like different sequences of number locks. Mm. Definitely. so you just can't really unless you cool. memorize it point blank yeah you be able to yeah yeah definitely well i could text my mom in chinese but it's like very <laughs> basic yeah. yeah i think that's enough
0: I mean, I can text in Korean as well, but I get spelling. You're literate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm literate. I'm definitely literate, but I get writing is the most difficult thing for me. I get spelling wrong, Mm -hmm. um, spacing is really difficult in Korean and just some phrases because Korean, like writing Korean is quite difficult in the sense that there's a lot of like weird consonants that you don't expect would be in that word, but it's like, anyway, another thing i wanted to mention though is a large part of me being able to maintain my korean um also like oh i can't use my words what do i what what do i want to say added to the fact (laughs) that i have a good relationship with my grandparents uh a big part has also been just our family going to a Korean church yeah
1: so you actually get exposed to... yeah
0: like talking to different elders talking to different parents because yeah, it's all
1: Korean yeah so being yeah. an
0: environment where you're singing learning reading in Korean surrounded by a lot of people that perhaps are straight from Korea mm-hmm. um, so that's been really constructive in me maintaining my language. Uh, like reading the Bible in Korean. Really? Yeah, things like that. All that's intense. very, very um, yeah. important. So I would not be
1: able to read any like literature yeah, in Chinese. Yeah, it's
0: difficult, but it, if you have it like next to the English translation, you get a different like I don't know feel to it because. Okay. Uh, yeah, recently, I don't
1: know enough characters to be able to. Yes <laughs> Recently, my mom
0: my mom and I were doing uh, some translations for this concert um, from Korean to English, and Korean is a very different language to English. I mean, English is very odd, but the descriptions and different yeah. like explanations and expressions, might I say? I would say that too. It's to very Chinese. deeper and more I don't know descriptive in Korean than it is in English. English mm-hmm. is very like you know metaphors are just you know metaphors they just compare different things but in korean those metaphors and different i don't know there's a expressions, lot expressions are there of the have to it yeah. yeah
1: like you have different levels of saying the same thing oh yeah sort not to mention
0: honorific and like respectful speech and yeah like but that.
1: as in just more like you can say like and love but you can say that in like four different levels yeah, in different like contexts different, yeah yeah in, languages. Definitely. I feel like English is just very blank. Yeah, <laughs> just
0: for the people listening that are Korean or can speak Korean, uh, there's words like or 어색하다 things like that that just can't be translated into English and I always joke and talk about it with my Korean friends. Um, it's really fun interesting. and interesting. Um, we are running out of time but we still have we'll a, still a little of bit. Time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kind of moving on, away from Uh, immigration story, language and cultural elements, Uh, I just want to kind of talk now more about like our experiences growing up as Asian Australians, Um, if you had any specific memories from primary school or high school even um, to do with maybe racist encounters or like how you perceived yourself in terms of your identity because... It's like a, a hazy middle ground, right? It is a very big middle ground. Balancing those two aspects and like feeling out of place when you go back to China, Korea or wherever you're from versus being an Asian person in Australia. Like there's this, there's this feeling of never really 100% fitting in to either. Really? It's okay, like this yeah. weird kind of, yeah. So yeah, if there's um, anything in particular or any particular moments in your life
1: yeah, I guess I have encountered quite a fair bit of racism mm. just because um I was in a primary school that didn't have any other Asians I was out of like a thousand people I'm pretty sure I was like the only Asian
0: yeah, it's so different to my experience yeah so because I live
1: on the north side so not many Asians up there but mm. I think I've, yeah there was like a fair few cases of I remember when I was quite young, when people would come up to me and do like the squinty eyes stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure I've like repressed that, That's but yeah. But I was like literally like grade eight, um like I was literally eight, eight. eight. You know, eight. Like, like I was small, and these people would just come yeah. up to me like twice my size and do that. And yeah, you're so small and skinny as yeah, well. Yeah, it's just like I don't know how to respond to that, but like I don't actually remember what happened. That's been repressed. <laughs> but yeah, coming from that though, I think it did get a bit better growing up Mm. anything to do
0: with food like people's responses to food yeah i think people would just be
1: like oh that's so weird that she always brings like Mm. mm, kind of like this food i've never seen before or like always having like packed lunches that were like weird so i would always Mm -hmm. be like mom i just want sandwiches yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's such
0: a classic thing though yeah i just want sandwiches yeah and then it's
1: it's just like yeah it's so sad but now i'm just like i embrace it i bring my little um of us <laughs> to uni. We embrace it so much. Yeah, I'm like carrying my all my gear. Yeah. But um yeah, I I think we've had like I've had like races and racist encounters mm. that haven't really like it's kind of just happened like periodically where it's just like I'm kind of just yeah blank to it. I don't yeah. really accept it as oh I'm so upset that this mm. person did this. Like I have people come up to me at work. Like grown men, grown men. <laughs> I don't want to stereotype, but specifically, like the last like four times that it's happened, it's like grown white men. <laughs> hilarious, but <laughs> who come up to me and just start speaking really bad Chinese. Oh my god! But like I've never had that acting thing. entitled. we like it's just like like it's just like what (laughs) I'm just clearly better than you well no as in just like I think they're just like I don't know if they're meant to be doing it in like a nice way where it's just like they're trying to just show off their language skills but it's I just kind of take it a bit offensive it's just like I'm speaking English to every single other customer that I've served before you and you just come up to me and started speaking like really bad Chinese that's so so dumb
0: but uh, it kind of makes me gag (laughs)
1: have you had any racist encounters
0: um i did have one that i specifically remember i've never felt like incredibly like oppressed or yeah i don't feel oppressed. anything like that it's more so i remember i was in garden city which is just like a very cultural i say there are a lot of Asians there's a a good mix of asians and different cultures it's a very like representative of australia mm-hmm. and diverse yeah, yeah very diverse and i remember i was at the cinemas and these dudes just walked back and just said oh konnichiwa like in a very like not so nice yeah way. i know
1: exactly the tone and then i just like clapped
0: back at them and i said konnichiwa to you too and they just kind of went yikes and walked away yeah exactly because um, it's like when yeah. you actually
1: respond to people like that it's just like they're like taken aback. yeah by you being offended by it it's like what do you expect when you say something yeah. like that because what I find is interesting is that there's no double standard with like if I was walking to a supermarket and I saw that there was um, a person working and maybe they have one characteristic that I think makes them French and I just go up to them and be like Wee wee bucket. Yeah. <laughs> literally Literally, it's like people don't do that right so why is there such a like yeah but it's it's because uh this gets
0: very like political and you know talk, gets a little bit more spicy but yeah it's just this constant underlying uh but why do people believe okay of like this supremeness of being white and like that it's very systematic there's a lot of history and different aspects of that
1: so well we i just find it like such yeah, a hilarious double standard yeah. because it's, it's just very, like it doesn't happen to any other culture know. like you don't go up to like scottish people and be like hey like yeah. i love doing you know, <laughs> <of> bad <laughs> and stuff or whatever
0: i think also um it's what we're like restricted to what we know because of the people and the environments that we're in like you know, if we go to America, where there's a big history of a lot of Black Americans, mm-hmm. African Americans being, you know, systematically oppressed, they will have different they opinions experience and a lot like of it's it's, a, it's a to, like race is a construct as well. So that opens actually up a whole other can of worms, um, and us feeling, you know, oppressed and. To be insane. fair, I don't really
1: feel oppressed, but yeah, <laughs> in, in more <laughs> so in small
0: ways. Um, that's just one experience yeah. of our like people. Um, I do,
1: I do have like this bit of a paranoia though. Sometimes when I'm not with my mom, because I know she's a bit oblivious. She mm. kind of like doesn't really care, but I feel like she must get a lot of racist remarks that yeah. I don't witness, and I yeah. that kind of makes me kind of upset Definitely. because my mom doesn't isn't receptive to it yeah. so she doesn't even realize that people are being racist her. yeah it is quite sad like um i can see like sometimes when i'm in the car with her <laughs> and like people's just the way yeah, that they yeah, the people her. that they react to her i'm just like oh mom did you see that and she was like what? what are you talking about and then i'm just like oh okay and she's just like oh it doesn't matter i'm just doing my own thing like as long as i'm sticking to myself like i'm not in anyone's way it's just like yeah, like it. Like it makes me quite upset that, like, my mum doesn't really perceive it. It's
0: honestly quite amazing. Like, honestly, shout out and kudos to all the people like before us that dealt with, yeah, you know, more intense forms of racism. And I'm sure like. I know one particular story that my grandpa's told me, which is actually quite funny. Um, but I'm sure that there would have been multiple instances in the eighties in Australia, in yeah. Western Australia,
1: particularly. Yeah, yeah, where
0: they experienced that in. I'm sure my mom said. Well, you
1: must have that in Sydney because I hear a lot of people saying, "Oh, sydney's just full of Asians now. Like they're taking over to, like Australia." Yeah. like I hear those comments, and I'm just like. If you're in the, yeah. like where I live currently is a lot like Sunnybank in mm-hmm. Brisbane,
0: but I still feel quite out of place because I look like everyone else, but it's culturally quite different. Um, like Chinese and Korean culture can be quite different yeah, in some um, aspects, so I feel out of place and there's also a lot of there's a big arabic kind of culture um arab culture sorry i should say around the surrounding neighborhoods in Hurstville as well so it gets quite of an interesting clash between those two cultures um but sydney's very you know has pockets and bubbles yeah it's like as soon as you travel up north you will have very limited diversity but honestly like once again there's just so much we can talk about With these topics, it's quite crazy. But I think
1: it is quite different though because we went to a high school that was a hundred percent. Yeah, had a huge (laughs) population
0: Yeah, well, I also am very grateful for the experience we had in high school. I am very grateful. We had all these different types of people coming from different areas, and it allowed us to. Be friends with very mm-hmm. different. I
1: felt high school was very welcoming because there were mm-hmm. so many Asians. <laughs> like I felt like because it was such a Con- it would like be contrast, contrast for me.
0: It wasn't for
1: me from, from having Some... no Asians mm-hmm. to like being full of like fifty mm-hmm. percent of everyone that I see is Asian. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, if I just go back to the story, the story mm-hmm. yeah, yeah the graphic story, up. yeah, go back to yeah, it's about. hilarious. So this is you know picture nineteen eighties Western Australia um my grandpa and grandma are driving and then there's these guys behind making snarky remarks saying some very rude things to them regarding their race um and my grandpa like kind of corners them somehow and he like smacks on their car get oh actually gets out of the car smacks on their car because they were they were teenagers and he said do you know though <laughs> And he scared the living bejeebus out of these teenagers that were being racist. Um, and, and I just so find it so funny because the funniest thing is my grandpa does not know Taekwondo. <laughs>
1: yeah, he was just like... <laughs> just so saying yeah. that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, it's
0: that, once again, that image. You know, Bruce Lee, uh, Jackie Chan. Asians have this, I don't know... Martial, martial arts. arts. I martial arts. Fans,
1: so. <laughs> it's funny. It's hilarious. That is quite fun. But it
0: kind of leads into perhaps like the last kind of topic I want to touch on because we don't have that much time left is about like how we perceive ourselves, our image, looks, um, how we see us moving forward. Uh, because a lot of the times I reflect on myself um, after I watch things like, Wong Fu Productions on mm-hmm. YouTube, especially the series uh, called Yappy. If yeah. you're uh, Australian-born Asian and you haven't watched Yappy on Wong Fu Productions on YouTube, highly recommend because it's this idea of... Your because, parents' pressure. Yeah, yeah. B- parents' pressure. If the, your parents have put you know so much aside, have made so many sacrifices for you to have the upbringing and the lifestyle that you've had in Australia or other countries... Um, that there's a reasonable assumption that you will, you know, graduate from a good school, from a good uni, go into a stable job that has a stable income, you'll get married, have kids and then have that your parents. That is literally
1: the exact conversation i have Yeah, it's like <laughs> through, okay. this,
0: I think inherently the way that a lot of, you know, first generation Asians live their life is quite... It's dictated a lot by what our parents um, expect of us or the life trajectory that we should be having. And Yappy kind of touches base on how a lot of the times we are really safe with our options. Um, I think the two of us have very different Different pathways pathways ahead of us and a lot of it's actually from the way that we've probably been raised. Yeah, Um, I would say so. What was this conversation you had with your mum, Charlene? Oh, so
1: it's not actually about me specifically, but it linked in more to my sister. So my sister's turning 30 next year in like, crazy. In like five months, right? It's crazy. And, you know, a lot of Asian cultures, 30s, like you're a the prune. <laughs> yeah, you're a prune. You're a withering flower. Like, you know, get married, have kids, do this, do that. Like lots of expectations where it's like, my sister gets it from my mom. my sister gets it from my grandma, and then my grandma asks me, why hasn't your sister done this? Why hasn't your sister done that? It's just like, guys, chill out. <laughs> like, I don't know, but I just think it's very crazy because in my mind, even though my sister is turning 30 soon, she still has a lot of her life to Look fulfill. At. Yeah, like, I don't feel like she wants kids right now. I don't feel like she wants... Like, she's content with the things that she has in life right now. And she might want kids in the future, just not now. Mm. And I think that's okay. And I think with my, like, mum and my grandma's generation, it's very hard to understand considering they had kids younger. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, I don't really um, feel that kind of pressure now. But I guess in my mind, I kind of have, like, my life mapped out already ahead. So I kind of already have my checkpoints. Yeah. Yeah. And your sister's doing so well for herself. Yeah, like exactly. So it's just amazing. like she's. It's not like it, she's, it's she's just not never, fulfilling It's anything. never enough,
0: right? It needs yeah. to be this, this box, this
1: box. This my woman. mom literally said she is not a woman. and She does not have a child, like oh she like That's family. That's crazy. And I was just like, are you kidding? Me? <laughs> like, are you actually like? I was mind blown. Oh my god. And like, like my mom was like, you know, yeah, but my mom doesn't intend it in a bad way. She's just like, yeah, I guess She just worries. Awesome. She just worries a lot, and it's just like. I <laughs> literally presented to my mom. I was just like, my mom, my, I was like, Mom, she can adopt kids. She can go through fertility treatments if she wants kids later in life. There are options. <laughs> Technology yeah. is good these days. Very good. But yeah, so I don't really feel it as much. But I don't know. I guess my mom also doesn't really worry about me right now because I'm twi- like 19. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not really anything that mm-hmm. needs to worry her. And I kind of feel like the pathway that I've kind of set for myself kind of is something that I want and, like, she doesn't really interject Mm. on it. It's also, like, your pathway
0: is really, like... Kind of set out for you as well like in a really really good way like it's i have securely. a very clear yeah. image of what
1: i want to do yeah. so for those who don't know i'm studying medical imaging mm-hmm. and i already kind of have like a five-year plan put in place of like what i want to do so i want to graduate yeah. and work for a few years and then probably do a postgraduate either an mri or like uh, ultrasound mm. so it's like i and that can, can you will have a very secure and well yeah nice job i guess well i really like learning about radio yeah. so it's not like i was doing it because i was forced into it because my mom didn't even know actually my mom was opposed to me doing this degree to begin with because she had all these misconceptions thinking oh, radiation you're gonna die oh you're God, gonna like classy. literally she was like you're gonna die don't do this like you're gonna not be able to have children like she literally said that i was like mom i'm 19 <laughs> like I was literally in grade 12, and she was like, I don't want you doing this. Radiation. Yeah, she was like, you're going to get radiation cancer. And I was just like, okay, but I'm still going to do it. And I apply for it at my tech. So very, yeah, very different expectations. But I feel like for you though, my mum would definitely worry if I went down I your pathway of doing international relations. Of people. Because people it's work. a very, you don't really know what's going to mm-hmm. happen. With that. Yes, yeah, so I've been
0: really, really lucky. Um, both my mum and uncle, I don't... Well, just to begin with, my family's not very a strict yeah. household. Um, in saying that, we have our boundaries and we have morals and values that have stemmed a lot from our religious upbringing and things like that, which I have to thank them for, mm-hmm. because I truly feel like that's a huge part of me, and the way I perceive life and... Perspectives on different issues, and I'm a, I'm a very passionate person, and that comes a lot from having a deep understanding of you know living and things like that. Um, so my mum and uncle, neither of them did something very specific. In fact, my mum actually did arts.
1: Um, <laughs> like the biggest fear yeah, for an arts you know, degree. My mum was
0: very studious as well. Like right. she said to me, if she perhaps had studied in Korea she would have done something probably in the medical field or she was also really passionate about music so could have done something
1: like that which is also something that Asian parents really don't like yeah um, like we have a friend called Fiona who's done just doing music music. and she's doing very well for herself like amazingly but it was
0: really confusing for her when she yeah she was very conflicted tossing up different options yeah it's a very common thing and um so yeah, to not follow your passions yeah. and to go for something yeah. that's safe. safer. Um, yeah. So I actually could have done that. I could have gone for something safe by doing
1: law. <laughs> because <laughs> I think... You would have literally, like, bored, like I bored was your so eyes out. You would have hated. Been, it.
0: would have been dry. And like, not to say that I'm not interested in it. I'm actually reading a book. I'm nearly finished... Um, if you're a law student and you're interested in humanitarian and human rights law, I really recommend this book. It's called East West Street. I'm oh, actually, it's yeah, right there, nearly done. Um, it's about the origins of crimes against humanity and genocide, two international uh, law terms that only came about during the Nuremberg trial, which was after the well, uh, after Second World War and to do with the Holocaust and the Nazi occupation and everything. Anyway, different thing.
1: It's so very interesting, yeah. Yeah,
0: but I had got that law offer from UQ, the University of Queensland, um, which was not something what I expected. But I just put it as an option because I have been interested in law since I was about eleven or twelve,
1: and I, I had, feel like you would have been like you would be a really good lawyer, and maybe you might even you don't know yeah, maybe in the future you might yeah. Have but to me, go onto that pathway. Law somehow.
0: is really dry for me. Yeah, it's, it's very one hundred
1: percent. Like,
0: and I don't really want to. I don't want to be a lawyer. Yeah. I don't want to be a barrister or a solicitor. Like, it's not really my... If anything, I'm more interested in the principles of law yeah, and so how they impact different, like, relationships digital, between yeah. states, different relationships between people within countries and internationally in big, like, far and fair topics. Um, but, yeah, I think... Uh, not to... Like, my mum has always been extremely supportive. Your mum has been Yeah, really um, whatever pathway I wanted to take. If I said I wanted to do music, she would have been actually probably been happier because it's <laughs> something she regrets not doing more
1: of. So um, she's vicariously living through you. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, that is honestly the best way to describe yeah. it. Yeah. Your mum is so funny, but she's such a like she's so like <laughs> cute
1: what? and cuddly. Yeah, but, like, she is. Yeah, but she's a really smart lady. She's very smart. And yeah. She's yeah. very, like your relationship with your mother is very admirable. Like yes. yeah. Have such a good connection. Friend, honestly. I know it's so yeah. cute. Like you guys have such a good connection, where it's like she's so supportive in you, and yeah. what you do.
0: It's but it's actually been the opposite effect for me. If anything, I've been I've had a lot of doubts and worries about my career, uh, especially throughout the beginning of this year as I was starting my second year of uni. So I study international studies at UNSW, uh, University of New South Wales, and. You know, there have been times where I'm like, this is really vague stuff. Like, I don't know where I'm going with this. But if anything, I feel a little bit more...
1: Have you actually talked to people who've graduated from this yeah. degree? Yeah, so this
0: year specifically, I was involved in running, like, a careers event and spoke to a lot of industry professionals in specifically the development field. Um. So what kind of pathways are available? There's, there's honestly so many. Like, it's not the thing that I guess... Asian parents would be worried. It like, worries me yeah. that, that you don't well, have it, this, it, like, it can alternative be, options. Yeah, but it's anything it to do with academia, research. Yeah. Uh, I've been brainwashed by my mum, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. or going into an NGO or working for a private company or a governmental in the government governmental sector. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm personally very interested in research. So, I want to keep studying. I want to... I,
1: I think it's also... What been, kind of research would that be, though? Because it's, it's obviously very different to health research that I usually oh, yeah. typically it's, align
0: research with. Um, development is a social science, but it's also, like, a very practical thing as well. Like, development could be in education, in health, in, in social issues, in, uh, like, more human rights areas. Like, it's a very broad topic. The thing that has given me more reassurance is... I'm starting to narrow down the areas of specific that interest that I have. Yeah. Um, and that's where... Can you list m- a
1: few of those that you... Yeah, so I'm
0: really interested, am, interested in... Because of the job I do, I'm really interested in education, really mm-hmm. interested in, uh, like, mental health. So I'm really interested in psychology and neuroscience. So combining, like, trauma and mental health with... A positive, you know, development in young kids, things like that, in on areas or in very difficult areas, um, things like that. They're very intense topics, yeah. but if anything, throughout the opportunities I've had this year to explore uh, my different interests, it gives me more, I don't know, grounded feeling that I have some sort of place I'm aiming to go. In saying that, I'm still not sure, but the biggest thing is I'm passionate and i'm realistic so i know and I think that, you'll find yeah you i'll watch. find something and there's yeah. so many things that probably haven't even been explored yet exactly um it's such so a diverse yeah but to kind of like go back onto the whole law thing um it's not to say that my family hasn't made remarks to me about safer pathways um what do your grandparents think my grandparents are actually incredibly supportive, which is really lucky. But I think my grandpa had always an underlying aspiration for me to do law. Um, yeah, okay. Like, when that offer came, my mom said, why don't you stay in Brisbane and just do law? It's such a good opportunity because it's just, you know, one of those things where it's like, oh, I go to law school. or I study law. <laughs> I don't
1: actually don't know what the job prospect of law exactly exactly it's funny it's just traditionally i've heard that you actually don't get
0: employed that well i I already thought of that and i didn't want to be a lawyer i don't want to be a lawyer so it's like why why do it if i want to if i'm still interested in a couple years time i could always pick it up and study again exactly so i just and it's interesting because my cousin in perth she's studying law which is you know but she wants to do that. She, wants she to combines do that. it. She has a double degree. So, yeah. But uh, more so, I think it was because in year eleven, I had a brief period of time where I was interested in medical things. So, not specifically to do with medicine, but I've always been very interested in the health sector. Yeah, health is very interesting. Yeah, because I did, you know, bio uh, in year ten. I liked chemistry, even though it was really difficult. I enjoyed it right? Um And I also had some personal circumstances where I had to go to, um, it's no longer called Lady Salento, but the, yeah, children's, the hospital. children's hospital, yeah, um, right near our school, um, for some specialist appointments and that kind of exposure to the hospital environment, um, and my general interest in watching documentaries, uh, you know, doing different you know, assignment tasks, I was always very keen and interested in the human body and biology yeah, and anatomy and things like that, um, so my mum would often say things like, oh, Danny, why don't you think of, like, something really clean and something, I don't know, that will give you a secure, you know, job, because she was, she would always say, you know, for a woman, like, <laughs> going into, like, a hospital environment and, Working more stable hours is
1: really Hospital is actually not stable. Exactly. It's It's, a bit crazy. But I have a lot of overtime, a lot of night shifts, a mm. lot of shift work. My mom didn't want me to be a nurse because of that. I was just like, mom, the job I'm going to go into is literally the same kind of thing. Yeah, you're on Like, even for me as a radiographer... You're sometimes on call, like, if you get rostered for that. So you get called in, like, midnight or whatever. Mm-hmm. If there's not enough people or someone's It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, if it's busy, like, there's a few accident, you'll be called in. Yeah, so
0: I don't, like, not accept where my mom's coming from. I get where she's coming from. You get her worries, yeah. Yeah, I get those concerns, and especially because, like, uh, I talk a lot about my best friends to my mom, Like, Charlene's doing medical imaging, Diane's doing optometry, I have some other friends in more, more conventional pathways, and my mum's always said, you know, oh, if, what if you did that? But I think I have so many different characteristics of, I don't know, more... So, Apologies. Yeah, you're rudely interrupted. <laughs> interrupted. Um, so we've switched locations, we're just outside in like a nice little patio area of SLQ, um, we only had the booking until 11, but these girls But can. keep in mind, they were
1: already 20 minutes late to the booking. And in that case, we can actually claim, claim the, the room booking. is ours. And secondly, they didn't even knock. They could have been very nice about it, knocked open the door and be like, hey, sorry, we actually booked this room. Instead, we got, open the door, we actually booked this room. <laughs> and I was just like... Whatever. <laughs> Sorry about Doesn't my matter. language.
0: Um, so I actually don't even remember what else. it was. It was basically talking about expectations yeah. and things like that. Um, and I feel a lot more reassured about my career path because I'm taking different courses, and every time I take a course related to my degree, I feel really like excited about the area of study I want to do and stuff like that. But I do have to acknowledge that, you know. Parents' expectations play a big role on how we perceive our success
1: and how we perceive Definitely. our lives. Like and all my med, like all my med yeah. friends who do med because their parents are like, "You need to do med," <laughs> and then like yeah. do the GAMSAT or do the UMAT yeah. for it, yeah. get into it, and then they're like, "I don't even think they like medicine yeah. that much." To be like, I'm passionate and about saving lives. Ultimately. If you
0: don't enjoy it, you're not going to be able to sustain it for very long. Yeah, you're going to have a horrible you know, time. And in, it's a very
1: intensive career. Oh, it is. Yeah. just like you've
0: it's really got to commit. You, yeah. If you're in high school and you're listening and you feel pressured about a like a certain pathway, like if you, especially in uni, if you choose a course you absolutely freaking hate it, like
1: Guaranteed you'll, you'll drop out of yeah, it. Like, yeah. just
0: don't put that pressure on yourself. And even if you are pressured to put certain preferences down At for least university, learn. yeah. Like it's okay to change degrees. It, people do that all the time and frankly yeah, I in think Australia perception
1: is just changing degrees. Yeah. People think that you have to know No, you don't what
0: have you to need. know. Australia like, to is so like amazing because we have so many opportunities to chop and change degrees to do different have alternative pathways and it to be okay. So if anything like really really think about what you're passionate about, how you can see yourself like being a constructive citizen in the world um and if that (laughs) yeah if that is you know certain subject area x is something that you really love try and find a pathway where you can you know pursue that as a career or as something that will financially sustain you um but yeah I try not to think about it too much these days I just focus on what's to come now and uh you know living in the moment and just being happy with what you have right now and focusing on what you need to do right now whilst having a faint outlook into your future I think it's the perfect balance I mean everything's about balance and if you focus too much about what you have to do in the future you really won't enjoy the time place that you're in right now and vice versa so
1: no definitely I think that's very true that people think what you do now is what's going to be like that's gonna be it for the next it's not it's not I know it's not like personally I think you are bound to change careers in some form at least once in your life so probably like five ten times times even yeah at least yeah at least once so it's just like what you do now doesn't determine what you're going to be doing in the future like maybe you'll have a newfound passion when you get into uni and start doing some activities and you'll realize talking to more people and more exposure that that's not what you want to do and that's yeah, okay definitely but in
0: saying that if you like those safe options we're not here to like trash, trash talk I'm doing a very yeah, safe option yeah like it's so yeah. fine if you find contentment and happiness in that kind of pathway uh, that kind of route. You want to have a more, I don't know, financially stable future from having a more stable path. Go for your life. Like everyone has different expectations on themselves. Everyone has different perceptions of success. But one of the biggest things that I would that I would like to point out is me being able to uh, talk to different people from different backgrounds has really, really broadened my understanding of the word success. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with the kind of work that I do in high schools I just meet lots of different people and one thing that Asians typically do in Western countries is we like to stick only with Asians (laughs) (laughs) only with your own kind and I don't blame anyone like it's difficult when you're in a new environment to like it's a sense of comfort yeah it's a sense of community comfort everything Uh, But I think it's also because I've kind of burst out of that bubble. I'm no longer living at home in like my Korean bubble. I, you know, am living away in Sydney where I encounter different types of people. And I go to uh, a church that has people of all different ethnicities. I have a lot of different friends i don't just stick with one group at uni either yeah so i have a very diversified experience in the sense that i get different perspectives i think also
1: just because your degree
0: yeah oh a
1: hundred percent degree so it's very mixed it wouldn't be yeah like i feel like my degree is predominantly Asian. yeah (laughs) it's very stereotypical but that's like most of my friends at uni are asian so it's very like dependent on your surroundings and your environment and everything yeah
0: um and to kind of just wrap up um
1: I'm oh, sure I also have one extra question. oh yeah you go sorry yeah here you go just like I'm curious like you personally yeah how do you feel like a pressure to kind of move bring your culture and like our culture and everything to future generations
0: um I don't feel pressure about it if anything I've realized how important it is okay um you know, I won't be able to offer the same sort of cultural, uh, like, I don't know, education to my kids in, this,
1: yeah, in the future I feel in so, the same yeah. way
0: that my, par- my parents and my grandparents have and did. Um, but it's okay. Yeah. That shouldn't be something that we're, like, anxious and nervous about. Like, I know I'm an extremely maternal person. <laughs> I want to get married. I want to have kids because I really want to, not because... Yeah. I feel forced or pressured to um and I think my upbringing and the way that I am so aware of Korea's social political historical context
1: and problems you're definitely going to take your kids to Korean school right yeah. <laughs> that's the, uh, hopefully the yeah question. yeah
0: <laughs> it's like it's enriched my own experience yeah. of growing up it. and I want to maintain preserve that as much yeah. as possible for I, my I own agree family. I had this
1: like mini dilemma where it's just like my mom cooks amazing food and I don't think I can do half of what she does so it's just like I kind of had that moment of like oh my god <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to like pass on anything <laughs> why yeah. do I go <laughs> yeah literally it's just like how do we kind of bring forth that culture in terms of food and, like, language. I think it's a lot to do with um, attitude, though. Yeah, it is. Like, being
0: okay that it's not going to be the same, but yeah. trying our
1: absolute best
0: to have conversations and openly talk about. Yeah.
1: Very interesting. interesting. But, because we're in, like, a country where there's a lot of ethnicities, it's yeah. not guaranteed that we're going to be with someone that's the same culture. So, yeah, I guess that's and very confusing.
0: Yeah, like, even, like, relationships and stuff, like, you know, some you see on Subtle Asian Traits all those posts these days about interracial marriages and relationships like it's not easy sometimes because there are different ways of living that are so like different between the east and the west if we want to put it like black and white like that um and you know I've had this conversation with my mum before like she still would prefer me to get married to a Korean person and i have <laughs> never never fancied a korean person pretty much in my life so um yeah
1: <laughs> i don't know <laughs> how to polite. yeah any, open a can of words, yeah like, i see yeah. why
0: <laughs> but i don't know i just said to my mom like mom just be chill about it like yeah who i who i end up with is who i end up with like it's i'm so, so like open to it and this and even like Uh, the older pastor at my church, he is... Didn't he
1: ask you, oh, like, when are you going to get a boyfriend? Oh, no, no, not not him, not Not him. him.
0: (laughs) But he once did, like, a sermon at our church. He himself is married to an Australian woman. Ah. He's, like, in his, like, mid-80s. And so that would have been a hugely taboo thing back then. And he's actually told, like, our mum's generation and our grandparents' generation to be, like, okay with the fact that our generation mate end Cause up with. Because he still
1: has a very like big Korean culture. Yeah. Oh. Like
0: he, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but it's like okay, just just accept. Just be fine. Accept <laughs> and move on. It's fine. Like, yeah. Wow. Well. <laughs> um, the final topic that um, I want to wrap up with is, you know, just our everyday lives and the expectations or the different pressures we feel in terms of different friends and relationships we have um, I guess that kind of like ties in nicely with what I just talked about but um there's this concept that I encounter quite a lot um it's like if you only have white friends you're whitewashed if you only have Asian friends you're too Asian like <laughs> there's no win in our situation a lot of the times but yeah. to everyone out there that's listening who has Asian background uh, like like
1: I think it's fine. Just be friends with who you want to be friends with You obviously connect with those people because of a personality. And it's obviously not just one factor. It's a profile of, like, culture, of personality types. Um, Upbringing. Yeah, your, like, moral compass, all those sort of things. It's like you're not going to be friends with someone just because they're Asian or just because they're white. There's other determining factors there.
0: Yeah. Or, and don't feel as though... I, I don't think we should feel as though we need, like, it's a quota-based thing. It's like, yeah, I need to definitely. have this many, like, non-Asian friends so I could well, appear I this way. Well, I think
1: once you get to the point where, like, we've kind of just got to the point where we don't really care about yeah. other people's opinions, it's yeah. irrelevant. Like, I don't even have that thought that comes to my mind where I feel like I think other people think... That I'm yeah, this and or that. But some people like,
0: yeah, yeah. Is, some people do. Some people yeah. really care about that. And like if you're in high school, I understand that some of it comes from just being in high school. It really starts to not matter in uni and beyond. It
1: just you'll realise yeah. when you're older you just have less threshold to care about things. Uh, and these things are just irrelevant. <laughs> literally. Like literally irrelevant where it's just like, whatever. Yeah.
0: But I have to say, um, Diversify your relationships and friends like the more you're open to drawing in different perspectives on life and just in like food even yeah. it enriches your experience like I said before like I have to say uh, my like friendship with Charlotte and Jean shout out to Charlotte and Jean um, <laughs> has honestly increased my I don't know but see I
1: think Jean is quite an interesting character (laughs) in terms of the fact that she's very like into Asian culture so it's like but her upbringing has
0: been so different it's very yeah so I guess what I want to say is through my relationship with them I've you know learnt so much about food about different ways of living um, different perspectives and I can honestly say at first you know I was kind of more, not scared, but uncomfortable with certain things. Like what? Um, I can't really pinpoint anything too specifically, but if it's a new... Like, I'm so used to just going sleepover at a Korean friend's house. Right. Having this type of food or uh, going to this person's house and ha- expecting this kind of treatment. Um, yeah. But because it was so different every... Like, when I went to the farm, when I went to
1: Charlotte's house, it's all very different, you yeah. know? Um, and... I get what you mean, because... Now that like I've started kind of because Declan and I cook a lot, yeah, it's mostly Western food, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like it makes me appreciate because I actually miss having my mom's cooking. I miss having yeah. Asian food, yeah. So it's like it makes me appreciate my Asian culture. Yeah, more. like I can, I've never like come home and be like, Mom, I crave this dish, like this dish and this dish, yeah. and then I see my mom bring it out, and I'm just like, <laughs> like <laughs> love hot eyes. Yeah. Where it's just like now I appreciate it to like instead of yeah. eating it every single because day because
0: it's reflective. Like yeah. the more experiences, the more you bring into your own life, the better perspective and you have, and the more reflections you have about your own life yeah. and your own persona and your own identity. Um, so, like I guess that's the final, all
1: final lasting yeah.
0: remark. Like just be open about your experiences. Your you know open your mind to different perceptions of success different perceptions of family different perceptions of your life trajectory and if you're passionate about what you're doing right now if you're passionate about certain things you will find your path and if that doesn't complement what your family's expectations are so be it like you are your own person but don't forget that our people and like the Asian Australian and any other immigrant experience is one of resilience and extreme grit. And we're also very lucky to have had the, I don't know, education and... Are you going to sneeze? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
1: like, holding my nose. I'm, like,
0: wrapping up this very, you know, yeah, deep thing and you're going to sneeze. <laughs> sorry. Um, no, so...
1: I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Just, yeah, I think, reflect... I think being... Who you are takes a lot of self reflection and you can't really learn unless you reflect on your own choices, your own pathways, your own like identity, what you want in life, this, that and it's a lot of pressure but you don't have to make it an action when you reflect. You can just simply the act of reflecting is enough.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you know, who knows, our perspectives might change. As we, oh, get a we... Like
1: I don't think anything that I have in mind right yeah. now is going to happen yeah. as I think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, things will change, but you know what? That's okay because we out here, we live in, we are spontaneous <laughs> being, uh, beings, 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 um, and
1: yeah, I think just enjoy life, just, just enjoy, the be it. chill,
0: but definitely respect your culture be appreciative of what your parents your grandparents the people before you have done for you and just really think about it how lucky we truly are to be i think as you get older you naturally reflect
1: that your parents are really amazing yeah so the things they do for you
0: yeah so to wrap up we'll we'll say yeah we'll say see ya in our own languages charlene hit it should I use
1: Cantonese or Mandarin? Do
0: both. <laughs> okay. Por qué no los dos, <laughs> Charlene? Por qué no los dos?
1: Okay.
0: Zwaigin and zaijian. <laughs> chingudu. See you guys later yeah. for the next episode, which I don't know when it will be. But you know what? Thanks for listening so much. Bye! This is fun. <laughs> <laughs>